recorded. Okay, three, two, one. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 98, I believe, of the Utah Royals FC show. My name is Lucas Muller. Today, I'm joined by both Cindy and Virchow. Um, Cindy, how are you today? I am doing well. I am excited for to chat with you guys about what's going on in the past couple of days. Yeah, been a lot. Uh, Richard, how are you doing? There's footy tomorrow, man. That's all that matters. The both footy tomorrow, and it's about a team we care about, and it's women's soccer, and it's in Utah, and we got to see soccer at the weekend. Like, I just, it's zero to 100. It's so much fun. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Yeah, but um, a ton going on the past few days, past few days, both on the field and off, but... Let's um, just real quick kind of start by recapping um, the games that have already happened. So in case you missed it, North Carolina Courage beat the Portland Thorns 2-1. to one. Um, That was the opening game Saturday morning on um, CBS. I should know that because uh, mm-hmm. I watched it. And then um, the second game, uh, Washington Spirit, beat the Chicago Red Stars 2-1. to one. So similar scorelines in uh, both games. But what did you guys uh, each think of um, the opening game of the uh, of the tournament? I hate the courage. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like everyone else. Wow. Mm. But they're, you know, they're the, uh, I don't know, who's a really winning team? Yankees? Patriots. I think I think they're bad. Oh yeah, the Patriots. Everyone mm-hmm. hates the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could definitely see. Um, it was a rough game, at least the few minutes, because it's been so long since they've played soccer, like competitively, and you could definitely see a little rust there. And um, but it was it was. I think once things picked, you know, picked up a little bit, it was exciting to watch. Um. I never thought I would be so excited to see Portland score a goal, but I was. I was like, okay, this is going to end up in a draw. And then North Carolina did their thing. And actually, Lynn Williams was able to score. I believe that she had the game-winning goal, I believe so. Am I right? Am I thinking? I think so. Um, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I thought it was a pretty – good start you can't go wrong with portland and north carolina i think anytime those two teams meet you're going to see um a good game like i don't think i've ever been bored by north carolina portland but i was actually hope usually i'm like i don't care which of these two teams went like i don't really care for each one um i'm sorry portland fans north carolina fans um but I was actually hoping Portland would do something. Maybe it had to do with Becky being on their team. I just, I realized how loyal I am to Becky. I don't care what. What? I'm sorry. What did you think of her performance specifically? I don't think I saw much of her. Am I wrong in that? No, I, I feel like she wasn't as present as maybe we're used to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that that is probably just weird. I think both games were genuinely fun games. Weird things happened in both. Um, Like for me, thinking specifically about like Alyssa Nair making a big mistake for um, Chicago or Rose Lavelle 
being one-on-one with Nair and not finishing uh, the goal. Like just weird things kind of happened over the weekend. And I think that's to be expected when, you know, you have two game, two, two days of preseason in early March, and then you've got four months of three months of nothing. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was weird. I, I was expecting more, but yeah, yeah I was like, I actually, at one point I forgot she was with the team. I think every time they showed her or mentioned her, I was like, oh, right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It's also interesting on the television how you cannot see the detail of that jersey at all. It just looks like a white jersey. Oh, yeah. Which I think is fine. I think that I honestly think like the thorn vines are kind of not my favorite. But <laughs> whatever. Mm. Uh, any thoughts on that Chicago Washington game? Shout out to Scotty P. Mm. Oh, man. I, you guys, I got to That's talk all to got. him in real life <laughs> uh, right before the game. And he's just, he's a great dude. He's, he's pretty great. Scott I... Parkinson is the Ryan McDonald of coaches. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to our boy Ryan, if you're listening, what's up? We should, we should tweet that. You probably would laugh. I um, might have told told him what you guys said in the Slack group, and he was excited. Oh, that we think he's the nicest human. Yeah, I <laughs> know. So uh, yeah. Um. So I got to be at that game, um, mm-hmm. which was which was cool. It's, I took pictures from the stands, which was weird, so different. Um, Were you worried about like tripping and falling? No, I was sitting down. I was. Um, so, yeah, insider's perspective of how this was set up, I felt like everything was really safe from a COVID-19 standpoint. Um, I have been a person who I would say has, taken this, has been extremely cautious around coronavirus stuff. I always wear a mask when I go out. I have, like, two things of hand sanitizer in my car. Um, I wash my hands after bringing the mail in. Usually it all goes, like, right into the recycling um, because it's usually junk mail. Um my wife works in a hospital. I work from home, like just trying to be super cautious. Um, and so I did feel some apprehension, um, but everything is basically outside. The one time I was inside was that you have to go up a stair- stairwell to get to the, the press area, which is open air. Um, but the stairwell is like indoors. So you go up, then you're back outside. And then the seating was not in the press box, but, in the sections before, and they basically give you your own row with a table um, nice. and eat, and they're basically staggered. So like one row, the table table will be in the far right side of that, um, that row, the next row it's on the far left side. So you really spread out. Um, and there were quite a few coaches and other officials like in the stands, but everyone was like wearing masks, was really spread out. Um, and I, I, you know, there's hand sanitizer all over, and I think the league um, did a good job of at least from like a media perspective, like it, it seemed as safe as they can make it, and probably safer than going to the grocery store. So that was cool. That was encouraging for me. Yeah. Um, you know, the players are all like fairly close to each other, both on the bench, and um, they're all wearing masks when they're like, you know, in the tunnel there's a testing area that you could see a sign for and everyone that I saw come out um, 
I think it was Sky Blue was like coming out after having done tests. Um, they were all wearing masks. Um, it seemed like the only time people weren't were if you were like the head coach um, warming up or actually playing on the field. So really limited um, in that regard. And I think that's great. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I'm, I'm glad that it was a, a good experience. I mean, yeah, I, I think that was good. Um, yeah, I don't know what I was going to say. but What did you guys think of the game itself? Rocha, did you have a chance to watch it? Yeah, I mean, I think that, so I thought the games were good, and this is just sort of, you know, tangential to that, but... I feel like because this is the only soccer we're going to get, even though the, you know, I guess the group stage, if you want to call it, is essentially meaningless. I just really enjoy watching the super finite details because this is all we're going to get. You know, it's like every game really, really matters, even though it doesn't matter until (laughs) mid-July, right? Because it's just, you just got to absorb it because we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, in terms of coronavirus in the winter and you know hopefully we'll have a season next year i think we'll have a season next year but we know for sure that this is all we're gonna get this year yeah yeah i mean it's sort of a enjoy it while we can situation Mm -hmm. um cool yeah so um i guess we should move on and talk about you know there's a an actual game tomorrow morning um uh before we get to that let's i think the biggest story about um about the league unfortunately has been standing versus kneeling um it's gotten to the point to where donald trump jr has tweeted about you know the one um i don't even which team was it the the one player was standing uh on the bench murphy from uh the courage yeah. Um, yeah. You know, um, saying that he is basically supporting her standing during the anthem. It is super fascinating to me that the narrative in a lot of ways has maybe not narrative, but like the support has flipped to where all the players are kneeling in the stand is kind of the outlier. Um, but the league came out with a statement today. Um, a lot of people were asking for the anthem to not be played at all, which is really standard at pretty much any league f- any league game, like in Europe, around the world. A lot of places don't play their country's national anthem unless it's a national team game. Um, and so essentially the decision the league has made in response to all the controversy around standing versus kneeling has been players have the option to... Um, either be present for the anthem or remain in the locker room. Um, Cindy, what are your thoughts around like that as a response to the situation? It sounds like nothing. Um, <laughs> it, it really, if anything, it just complicates the situation further. Yeah. And I think the NWSL has to be, has to make a choice of, yeah, I just don't think this solves anything. And it's only going to add to the debate and put players in in a hard situation. And, you know, um, 
we already saw it this past weekend, but are, are you, is the league looking out for its players or looking out for the political aspect of, of this? And there's definitely got to be maybe even just some pressure from even just like the U S soccer federation too. So I don't know. I, it does, it does not help at all. I think they're, I mean, to get rid of the anthem altogether in the way that we conceptualize American sports for a women's soccer league to do that is too politically risky, period. So they're taking the only option that they feel like they can do. Do I personally think that it's better if we just don't do the anthem at all? Heck yeah, absolutely. Especially when you see how you know traumatizing and emotional a moment like that is with, with Casey Short. Like, absolutely. Scrap it. No no one else does it. Do it for the Olympics. Do it for international games. Do it, do it for the World Cup. You know, but I, I, I think the way that we as a society have inscribed patriotism within the social structure, it's just too much to just get rid of something like that overnight here. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, to me, it seems like they're giving players an out if they don't want to be in the spotlight. It's fine, I guess. Like, it's weird. Um, but, you know, I, I suppose the league is in a really tricky spot. And I think they have a weird response to being in that tricky spot. But, like, this is sort of what we have. Um, Richard, you dropped a really good quote um, from Chicago Fire player CJ Sapong. Do you want to read that? Yeah, for sure. Um, so CJ Sapong, obviously, as Lucas said, plays for the Fire. Uh, he said, I grew up singing with my hand over my heart, an anthem that was created by a man that owned five people that look like me. Something just isn't right about that. Yeah, that's heavy. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's... Yeah, I really appreciate him using his voice like that because it does put it in a different light of there's a lot of injustice in our country, a lot of racial injustice, and the expectation that you have to stand, um, I think, rings differently for different people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the way that we have incorporatized like, patriotism in things like the national anthem and uh you know and sort of doing that in schools and in sports games and things like that i think it's i don't know i think i think as a society we have a hard time compartmentalizing that you can still like be proud of your country and you know you can be not a terrible person yet you can depart from these sort of norms that we have created as what you're supposed to do to honor you know who you are and where you come from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think, yeah. And f- for sure, like you can definitely, there's that, if you, you know, kneel, you're definitely anti-American and, and yeah, like that's, that's really not like patriotism. I think, patriotism is um, more than just standing during the national anthem. It's definitely more that you care enough for the well-being of 
every human being in the country and not just the majority or, you know, the, the select or, yeah, I think there needs to be a redefinition of what patriotism is. And it's definitely not what we see in, in, you know, right wing America. Um, (laughs) I mean, and yeah, I think there needs to be a redefinition, especially because the country itself is changing. And um, even, and, and I, and even those who don't want it to, like, it's inevitable, like the country is changing. And, and that probably that scares people, but um, you can, I mean, you can be American and, and still, you know, realize that there's something wrong. And, and I think the, for the most part, a lot of people do get it, but you'll have your select or, or minority or majority who feels differently. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts on this before we start previewing uh, the game? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's awesome that they're kneeling. I think it's really, really important, especially with everything going on. Um, and I get why some people kneel and why other people's people don't. But I think that um, if you are not going to kneel, you better damn well be having like very intense and heavy conversations with your black teammates. Otherwise you are not doing it justice. Like Rachel Hill in that moment, uh, you know, with the Casey Short, Julie Ertz moment, like mm-hmm. there better be some very heavy and intense conversations happening to learn about the lived experience of your teammates. Because if you're just going to stand and you're not doing the actual work, you know, that's that's ridiculous. There is, at this point, there is zero, well, I don't want to say zero, but there is very little social and political risk for kneeling in a scenario where everyone else is kneeling, right? Like Colin Kaepernick, Megan Rapino, that's where the risk was. That's where the trailblazing happened at the point where we went into this tournament sort of knowing like, okay, this is going to happen. Uh, it's not a hard thing to kneel. And I think that, um, I, th- I think that Charles only only said something along the lines of like, if you support your black teammates only to the extent that it requires zero sacrifice or compromise of your existing worldview, then you don't support your black teammates, right? Like your black teammates want you to kneel. They want you to make a statement. Uh, Cause if you've been listening to anything, you realize that black Americans live a completely different life than we do. Their lived experience is a, uh, you know, at times a very dangerous one. Uh, and I think that when you have someone like Alexi Lawless making the comments that he does, I think it's, disgusting and downright dangerous because it means that people aren't listening so if you were rachel hill or if you were uh, murphy or if you're uh I, f- I forget who the three spirit players are like if you want to stand you know and if that's how you conceptualize patriotism go for it but you better be having hard conversations with your teammates and you better be willing to do the work period that's my rant 
Yeah. No, that's good. Uh, thank mm. you for ranting. I think that's an, an important message. Um, yeah, I mean, awkward shift time because uh, we do need to talk about what's happening on the field too. Um, uh, so tomorrow, um, Utah Royals are going to have their first game um, in so, so long. And they are... Um, Facing the Dash, which I believe was their last game, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Last game of the 2019 season. Um, mm-hmm. So a replay of that. Uh, they won 2-1 through a press and A-Rod uh, goal, uh, goals. Um, Richard, it looks like you did a little bit of, of uh, digging into uh, uh, what the Dash might uh, line up like. Do you want to walk us through that? Yeah, for sure. Do we want to talk about the injury report first? Oh yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, so uh, Kelly O'Hara, who you know we have been um, in fervent prayer over her ankles, is out with a mm. uh, left quad sprain. So just, that's not great. I, I'm gonna, we're gonna have to pray for all of Kelly O'Hara to stay intact. I realized we move just one part <laughs> instead of the whole person. You would think. I would have been smarter than that and been like, just, okay, I will adjust my prayer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Kelly's out. Mallory Weber, who under, or Harvey, sort of played in that um, the left back spot um, where, you know, outside back, but very attacking minded. Um, Desiree Scott is out on personal leave. We're not really sure what that means. Craig Harrington told uh, the media today that that is uh, a game to game thing. Um, whereas I believe John Halloran of the Equalizer reported out for the whole tournament. So we're just going to have to wait and see what shakes out. Um, mm-hmm. And then Diallo is still, she's in Utah. So that's awesome. But in uh, international quarantine. Mm. One thing on Diallo, uh, so my mm. understanding is that the way that this is going to work is so the quarantine is seven days, and uh, so they're going to do a test on the second or third day, and then they're going to do a, another test on the fifth or sixth day, and oh. then if things are going well from there, then they're just going to take it over. But regardless, we're not going to see her until, you know, the third game minimum. Yeah. Um, we got a listener question about that from Chris. Um, do y'all know when the international quarantine is done for Diallo? So yeah, it's seven days, two tests in that time, assuming she's, you know, all clear, um, coming from a much safer place than the U S right now. Um, then she can join the team for full team training, which she's not permitted to do until then. And then also playing games. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one more injury. Oh no! Just kidding. That's it. That's yeah. everyone. So just O'Hara, Weber, Scott, and Diallo. Although I'm so curious what's going on with Scott. Like I hope things are okay there. Yeah. 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 That is. I mean, you pointed out today. You know, she tweeted the, like that TikTok meme of the the white being on the mirror, and then you're in uniform. Um, like less than an hour before um, it was announced that she wouldn't be playing tomorrow. So, yeah, not sure what's going on there. Um, it's certainly a little odd. The thing that's rough is with Press, O'Hare, and Scott out, those are th- 
probably three of the four best players in the team. A Rod, mm-hmm. I mind maybe A Rod and Barrow, but three super important players are all out, and uh, that's not great. You know, though, I was thinking it is it is rough to see uh, so many important players on the injury report. Um, but I think if this might be like, not like the best time, but I would rather them have this injury report against Houston dash, no offense to the dash, but, um, then like Chicago or, you know, later on, if they face like North Carolina, um, because I do think this will give Craig an opportunity to see how his team will look and without those key players and and how he can adapt. Um, and if they do have a strong game, um, just, I just imagine that it'll both be, they'll have a stronger squad when, you know, somebody restarts. So I'm like, do we want to see a strong squad from the start or, you know, kind of like a, oh, okay, we have very, those important players out. Now we have to figure something out because we've been playing with this players for the past three some games. And so. Yeah. Craig today did say, uh, essentially in some ways, this is like a pre, you know, preseason. Um, they're still figuring it out like super, not fortunate because you feel bad for the pride, but it, it is nice that you can lose every game and still move on to the, you know, the, the knockout round. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think Cindy, you're absolutely right that we're going to really get to experiment and see some new things and fingers crossed that everyone, you know, stands press um, is back for, for those games that do really count. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that I'm really excited about this tournament is because I feel like there are so many young players on this roster that we just didn't really see. Um, And so I think that having this sort of season that's not really a season is really kind of, I mean, like, it sucks because it's not a lot of footy, but I think at the same time it's really beneficial for Craig because we get this, this, you know, this small tournament to sort of see where we are roster wise. And cause I think realistically the way things are shaped now, this roster is not going to compete for a championship in the regular season. So I think that it really gives time for young players to develop and to sort of see cohesion when, when things get serious next year and just get an idea as to what we're going to look like and hopefully experiment with new formations. I would love to, See a three five two, as you all know. <laughs> and I was trying to build a, a formation today, like a, for a predicted starting eleven, but not knowing if it's is going to be three three three, is going to be three five two, is going to be a three two like a four two three one. We've kind of seen some of those under Harvey, but you know it's such a wild card with a new coach. Yeah, and with it's... some key players out. Yeah, yeah. Admittedly, though, like I'm a little less keen on the idea of a three-five-two without Becky. I don't know. I still want to see a three-five-two. I I would feel okay if like Corsi is that center 
center mm-hmm. forward or center mm-hmm. forward. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. Center back. Um, but I would feel better about that if you had, you know, Kelly out there really being able to contribute to both the attack and the defense in a way that really only she can. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do you want to uh, walk us through virtual a little bit? Uh, what you think, you know, what's going on with Houston? Yeah, for sure. Um, so obviously they have had, a fair amount of turnover as well. Uh, obviously, former Royal Katie Stengel is in on their squad. Uh, they've got Shea Groom and Megan Oyster coming over from Seattle, uh, but they also have Kalia Ojai, I guess Kalia Watt, uh, moved to Chicago. So that's a huge loss for them, uh, mm-hmm. even though she hasn't been, uh, she hasn't been able to replicate the same form that she did in 2016 and 2017. She's been a little bit more streaky, uh, but she's been a a great player for them overall. Um, And uh, so they also lost uh, Sofia Huerta, who's also an incredible player, but uh, also one of those players that seemed like they were probably a little bit better uh, playing for the Red Stars compared to the Dash, but she and uh, Amber Brooks have also left and moved over towards the rain and in exchange for that Shea Groom, Megan Oyster trade. Um, I think Shea, Shea Groom's a threat, obviously. Uh, I think Rachel Daly, as we all know, England International uh, has a lot of ability to score. Jane Campbell and goal has been absolutely fantastic and phenomenal every single time that uh, we have played them. She's just an incredible goalkeeper. Um, Christy Mewis is, is pretty solid in the midfield for them. Um, they also have a trio of Canadian internationals, although Nichelle Prince is going to sit out after her dad recently died. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have Alicia Chapman on the back line and Sophie Schmidt, uh, as I said, both Canadian internationals, um, Schmidt in the middle. Um, so I, I think that defensively they're going to be kind of solid, but at the same time, Houston is is one of those teams that even last year I just didn't watch a lot of their games. In fact, I don't think I watched any of their games outside of the ones that they played against the Royals. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, they are the only team without any U.S. women national team allocated players. Not that that matters a whole ton in this tournament as a good portion of them are sitting out. But uh, yeah, it's... It'll be interesting to see. I think this team can score. I think they can defend. Uh, Last year, they weren't a super good team, but they also weren't a horrible team. They were, you know, just behind us in terms of of the pack. Um, But again, like I said earlier, I think that this game will be all about experimentation and seeing what the other team can do. And so I think particularly with the way that... uh, because things are so flux, I think that one of the emphasis is that is really important for Craig is probably forcing the other team to adapt to his playing style, right? Just because it's sort of an unknown. Uh, people sort of know how Craig is going to play from what happened in Chicago, but at the same time, uh, you know, it's not like two years of Laura Harvey where you know that it's, you know, they're going to sit defensively. They're going to pass the ball around the back. We we know that that's not going to happen, but we don't know 
uh, a lot of specifics. And so I, I think a lot of it is just going to be forcing the hand and in, in trying to make the dash play to how you want to play and whether that's going to be direct or whether that's going to be, you know, out wide. I don't know. We'll see. I'm just super pumped. Sorry, that was another no. ramble, but mm-hmm. lots of information to get through there. Yeah. And it should and, be noted, Michelle yep. Prince is out with injury, so she yep. won't be available for um, Houston during this game. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Cindy, what were you going to say? I was just going to say that if you look at 2019, this was a team that Utah really struggled against. Mm-hmm. Um, so I believe Utah won – I'm sorry, Houston won the series last year, two games to one. So, And I think if I remember – correctly if I can think back it feels like 20 years have passed between like last season and this year but um I mean Houston really like messed up that magical run at the end for Utah so um I don't know I'm hoping that Craig has looked at film from 2019 and say ah and will magically fix it that was all I wanted to say on that Gotcha. Yeah, I um, I, I mean, I'm excited to see the Royals play. If if we're not thinking about last season, it feels like a really good test. Like it's not the they're not the hardest opponents in the league, mm-hmm. but at the same time, they did perform really well. And you know, Campbell was um always solid. Daly had a couple goals against us, so yeah. Should be an interesting game. Um, how do you guys think the uh, Royals will line up? S- sort of, I think, the same as we talked about last week. Uh, I don't think we have any idea how they're going to line up. I think we know from Craig's presser that King is going to get minutes, which is exciting because I, I think we're all really excited about her as a player and mm-hmm. particularly her movement off the ball. If you look at her highlights, like for, you know, as a striker, being able to find open space is obviously very, very, very important. But uh, looking at her highlights, that's something that I think that she is uniquely very good at is finding open space. And, you know, she's proven that she can finish in the back of the net. We don't know how that's going to translate. Anyways, there's another rant. Uh, JR King will play. That's exciting. But we don't know how we're going to line up. With We, we all knew Press was going to be out. With um, uh, Desiree Scott and Killary Hara out, who fills those two spots? Cindy, do you have any ideas? I, I've spent all afternoon trying to figure this one out. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think you, I don't know. Part of me does think it might be a 3-5-2 tomorrow. Um, but I honestly, like, I'm, I don't know, man. This is a hard question. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I might think. <sighs> yeah, so maybe just adjust it a little bit and do like leave three. So put Corsi, Vincent, Maimon, and then that midfield is what trips me up a little bit. Well, you've got some so no, no ball. No, that's right. I forgot about ball. I know. <laughs> it's like, well, ball is my understanding really good on the ball and uh, pretty fast. So 
she if you did want to do like a three five two, she could play one of those wing back positions or maybe even sit kind of deep as as a midfielder. I, I, I still think that'll be probably Gunny's role tomorrow, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's it's all so unpredictable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to thinking about specifically who replaces like O'Hara and Scott and mm-hmm. is would Kelly O'Hara where would she have played? Yeah. Somewhere mm-hmm. on one of the sides of the field. Mm-hmm. Left or right? Mm-hmm. Is she gonna be back or forward? It's uh, we I just tomorrow can't come soon enough so we can get some answers to all these questions. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to have trouble sleeping tonight. I'm probably going to wake up at like 5 a.m. and just be like, all right, it's time to go. It's time to go. <laughs> yeah, it. we will definitely, everything we have been wondering will come to light tomorrow because we'll, we'll see this team play. We All we've seen is that Laura Harvey led, coached Utah Royals FC. Um, I would give... Craig Harrington, um, some, some cred and he was hired for a reason and he comes from a very good system in Chicago where they knew how to utilize their young players really well. And so there's hope in that. Um, and I'm at least hopeful that we get to see some flair, some excitement, you know, we still have players like Amy Rodriguez, Vera Boquette, even like Diana Matheson, who I was like, she's oh still- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's still some experience with the team, and and we can at least there are players who have that leadership and who have been playing in the NWSL for a long time, and um, not that Amy Rodriguez will carry the team, but. She's a very strong vocal leader and, you know, will need to do what she needs to do. And and then you have, yeah, Sierra King, who is already praised for being a goal scorer. So we, I, I think definitely after tomorrow we will know more and be able to go off of that. Right now it's just so hard. It's so hard to – nobody knows. I mean – Nobody knows what this team will look like and how they'll play. We have no idea. Yeah. Now right that you now, brought it, oh, go ahead. Oh, now that you brought it up, though, like my gut is telling me that Dmath is going to start on one of the sides up top. Probably. I completely forgot about that. I'm 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 terrible. Mm-hmm. She's bad. sorry, Lucas. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say. I mean. This team right now just feels so much like that scene and it's always sunny where mm-hmm. Charlie jumps out of the back of the van just shouting wild card or whatever and <laughs> the break lines. Mm-hmm. And we just have no idea. <laughs> well, I'm excited. Kind of like cautiously optimistic, but fairly pessimistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, any thoughts about the game before we move on to listener questions? Um, I'm excited to see us attack, hopefully, because we know that, um, Harvey was all about keeping the clean sheet, and I mentioned this last week, but I think that that led to us being 
pretty boring to watch <laughs> for some substantial periods of her tenure. And so if if Craig goes sort of all out like like he says he's going to uh I think we'll be a funner team to watch. Yeah. So sure. cross your I, yeah. fingers for fun. His emphasis on attacking, I mean Brittany Radcliffe today said um like he's asking like can we be a team that scores six goals every game? Like I love that. That's really exciting to think about. Um the team being pushed and encouraged to be that dynamic and that um that ambitious in their attack. Um she also said like he's making them think like okay, how do we think a couple of steps ahead and keep the pressure on and never let up and always be thinking how we look forward. Um, you know, that's certainly not the only way to play the game, but it's honestly probably the most fun way to watch the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we're going to see some, some real goals in this game tomorrow. Yeah. 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 Uh, I also really hope that Strom Okamoto plays. I've heard only very good things about the type of energy that the heat that she can bring. I think one of the things uh, that sort of got lost last year um, with press and that, that this obviously is not Kristen press's fault, right? Cause she's the best player on our team. But I think that there's a lot of um, untested attacking players or attacking players that haven't been tested in a while that can do a lot of cool stuff like the D maths, like the Taylor Lytles, um, those types of people. And I think that like the Brittany Ratcliffe's. And so I think that with uh, obviously the departures of friend of the show, Erica Timorak and uh, Katie Stengel, that uh, it'll be cool to see people sort of step up and actually see what they can do in a game. And that's why I absolutely love the idea of five subs a game. Yeah. I mean, and, and you mentioned three players that were with the team last season and did not play because they were injured all last season, you know, all attacking players. Mm-hmm. Um, it does look like the Royals have so many more options than they did last season because, you know, press is out this year, obviously, but um, there's not the stress of a world cup also happening during this tournament where, you know, we've lost one player and everyone else is more or less around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, let's move on to listener questions. Cindy, did you want to add anything about the game? I'll take that as a no. Cindy, are you dead? <laughs> oh, sorry. I had, I had, <laughs> I forgot to hit unmute. Yeah, no, no worries. Yes. Um, no, we cool. good. Let's move. All right. Um, some of these we've kind of answered. I'll, I'll read them. Um, Luke uh, asked, I'm, I'm still just very curious on what our starting 11 is going to be. I can't construct a lineup that doesn't feel deficient in some way. And Luke, yeah, exactly us. Um, I don't think we're going to go to any more detail than we've already gone to on that. Um, I don't think anyone knows how we're going to line up. Like Kim McCauley was like, I have no idea. And there's no one that I trust more, uh, soccer, smart wise in terms of the NWSL than Kim McCauley. And so if Kim McCauley doesn't know what we're going to do, like, yeah, we'll just roll with it. We're in good Wild company card. Yep. Um, Kurt asked uh predictions for the lineup and problems the dash will cause. 
kind of the same answer. I think what you know the problems are going to be. Uh, Campbell comes up well. Daly's dangerous. They've got some really good players. Um, Stengel will be out for revenge. Hopefully not. <gasps> yeah, Katie. I'm isn't probably won't start. Maybe she does with Prince out. Um, but she's going to know this team fairly well. Um, mm-hmm. Curious how that goes. I mean. I th- yeah, she was released, right? She wasn't traded. No, she was traded. Traded, okay. Um, regardless, I think that, you know, if you're a player in that situation, you want to prove that to your old team that they made a mistake. Um, Dwight asked a question that I think is really fascinating. Um, how will CP23's absence affect uh, Labonta's game? That's really fascinating. That's such a good question, Dwight. Uh I think it depends who she plays with or I guess who plays in those four positions. Uh, Cause like we know that Labonta is very much someone who can get high and they can get low and Labonta will just sort of, uh, she's a very gritty player who will do what needs to be done. Uh, so I'd like to see her get high cause she can do stuff there. She's creative, but I think it sort of comes back to the theme that we've been rambling on for weeks, which is I have no idea. Yeah, we have no idea. We're just hoping that her spirit will be out there to help us. Kidding. <laughs> uh, you know, like angels in the outfield type stuff. Um, press in the outfield. Movie. Yeah. Have you seen that movie? Yeah, like when I was eight and I thought, yeah. oh, no, thank you. This is not for me. <laughs> is that I the mean... one with the dad and the little boy? Uh... They will come. Wait, no, I'm thinking Field of Dreams. Angels in the Outfield is about Angels. the A's, right? No. Angels. Oh, yeah. Los Angeles it's, Angels. Spoiler alert. It's these two kids who are in foster care. They love the angels. They go. One of the kids sees angels who ends up helping the angels. Yeah. <laughs> and every time it's like believe and they do like the wave with their hands. And I don't know, man. When Isn't I was a kid, I loved that one movie. Point, like carry a player so they can catch a ball or something. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's a lot of there's a lot of help. My favorite thing about the Los Angeles Angels is that the name translates to the the Angels Angels. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I t- to me Labonta was the biggest improvement from 2018 to 2019. I thought she was fantastic last season. Um, I think she's going to fit what Craig wants to do really well with her playing style. I think she's, um, she's fast. She's, she's attack minded. Um, she can, she can do a lot in the midfield and the attack. And to me, I'm excited to see what she does, you know, with or without press. Um, I think press is going to complement, you know, most any team. Um, but I, I think also it depends on who, who's around her and who she can uh, get some interplay within the attack. I think a lot of it is going to be A-Rod. I think they have mm-hmm. a good relationship, obviously a lot of familiarity. Um, but to me, she is, yeah, certainly one of the strong points of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, I think that's it for today. We are going to try to get this out. Um, it's Monday night, and that way people have a little chance to listen to it before. And then we're going to try to record... Um, a recap in the next day or two. I'm not 100% sure we'll be able to pull that off. Um, 
but yeah, hopefully have a, a short uh, recap episode um, after the Royals dash game and then should be back next week to, to look at the weekend's action um, and look forward to what's happening next week in the challenge cup. Well, thanks guys uh, for chatting and um, thanks everyone for listening.